Hello, my name's Pete. This is Social Distancer. Now, uh, we're going to begin by looking at um, corruption in the UK government. Absolutely stinks. These contracts are going for massive amounts of money and like hundreds of millions of uh, pounds are being spent on the COVID uh, management, if you could call it that. (laughs) And so, you know, the idea that I often uh, kind of say is that, you know, they're all in it for themselves, Michael Gove and Dominic Cummings and uh, old Sausage Johnson and all that fucking crew are just there, just basically just a grift, you know? Uh, Basically what Trump is doing, but a UK version, uh, just a bunch of fucking grifters. A big story in the Financial Times draws together a couple of things here. A director of the public relations firm paid £670,000 to advise the head of the UK government's coronavirus vaccine task force is a long-standing business associate of Dominic Cummins' father-in-law. On Sunday, it was reported that Kate Bingham, chair of the task force, billed taxpayers £670,000 for a team of boutique public relations consultants called Admiral Public Relations. Since June, she has used eight full-time consultants from Admiral to run the Vaccine Task Force's media strategy, equivalent to an annual £167,000 salary for each consultant. The disclosure in the Sunday Times prompted questions over the generous payments given that the government has hundreds of civil service press officers it can call upon. According to Companies House filings, Admiral Public Relations has two directors, Managing Director Georgina Collingwood Cameron and her husband, Angus Collingwood Cameron, who is also Park Manager for Chillingham Castle Wild Cattle Association. Mr Collingwood Cameron has since 2004 been a director of the association along with Humphrey Wakefield, who also owns the castle. Mr. Humphrey is the father-in-law of Mr. Cummings, who is the Prime Minister's, Sausage Johnson's, most senior advisor and one of the most powerful figures in government. The 84-year-old baronet caused trouble for Mr. Cummings this summer when he speculated that the Prime Minister would quit within six months, comparing him to an injured horse. Do you remember that story? Yeah, I, I think that might happen actually. After we lose, we go out no fucking deal from, um, you know, the, after the transition period, as they like to fucking call it, um, from the EU. And after Biden says, you know, fuck off, fuck off sausage, I think he will fuck off. Miss Bingham, a 55 year old venture capitalist, was hired in the summer as head of the government's vaccine task force. But her contract will not be renewed after December, government officials confirmed on Monday. So basically, what's happened here is, reading between the lines, is that the Sunday Times got this scoop that they're, you know, eight fucking people, the PR people, are costing the government £670,000. And they they said, oh, oh, sorry, uh, Miss Bingham, forgot her first name, whatever it is. 
the game's up. The grift is off. You've fucking grifted pretty well, but now the fucking press have found out. So sorry, but we're going to have to draw a line under it because it's getting a bit too hot. But never mind. You've you know earned a massive amount of money for doing what fuck all. Matt Hancock, health secretary, on Tuesday thanked Miss Bingham for her incredible, Im- incredibly important work. It was always a six-month job, and she was always clear she couldn't do it for longer than that. <laughs> He said, the vaccines task force has done a great job. Miss Bingham has led the task force in securing access to six coronavirus vaccines out of 240 under development worldwide. This includes a contract for 40 million doses of the Pfizer vaccine. So, so there we go. So, I mean, you know, there's no reason on earth why people within uh, the Department of Health can work out okay what are the vaccines that we're going to buy right i mean it's it's a very straightforward part of you know getting your head around the fucking coronavirus do you know what i mean you don't have to waste six hundred and seventy thousand pounds on a bunch of people that just so happen to be um connected to your well i mean you know cummings isn't just uh, the kind of you know, chief advisor of Sausage Johnson, Cummings and Gove basically are running the government. I mean, that's a kind of, you know, it's a kind of known thing. Um, and so the father, Cummings' father-in-law being, you know, kind of implicated in all of this, stinks to high heaven. Now, for more of this, there's, been, there's this um, PhD student whose name is Sophie Hill. And Sophie Hill has done the most amazing, brilliant thing she has plotted together and she's updating it she's plotted uh, or uh, tied together all of the connections between tories and the companies being awarded government contracts during the pandemic so i've put a link in the in the uh, show notes here so go to it it's a beautiful piece of work it's brilliant and it's expanding all the time based on reporting because of course you know, the government don't want us to know any of this. And when you look at that, you see that it's just a huge fucking grift. This pandemic, where 61,000 people have died, well, you know, plus in the UK, is seen by the Tory government as a way of making money for themselves and their friends. And I know that it might be able to seem like, you know, a controversial, well, probably isn't that fucking controversial. It's so obvious, obviously happening. But Sophie Hill has done the hard work of piecing it all together. And it's called My Little Crony. Nice little pun there. A visualisation of the connections between Tory politicians and companies being awarded government contracts during the pandemic, based on reporting by Open Democracy, Byline Times and more. And there are links to Byline Times and Open Democracy who are on the forefront of reporting these these things so that's really excellent work by Sophie Hill and so I urge you to go to it if you're interested in you know the way that essentially corrupt governments exploit uh, you know crises like the one that we're living through and by the way if you're an international listener thinking fucking castles and Sir Humphrey and old uh, Campbell Cameron or whatever the fucking names are most like the vast vast majority you probably know this like it's obvious but the vast vast (laughs) majority of people in britain 
obviously don't own a fucking castle and we're not Sir Humphrey. And so it just, you know, the, the power has always been with the landowners, right? Right back from fucking pre-Magna Carta. And it's still, you know, it's unbelievable the amount of influence that a small amount of very wealthy people have. Of course, on the Tory pie, has always been the case in the Tory pie. But, you know, it is just the worst, the fucking worst to be led by these, you know, utterly incompetent grifters and Trump right okay just a quick thing on Trump who's doing this you know stupid uh you know I'm gonna do the courts and Pompeo Pompeo's been around the fucking block he knows how to grift he's been grifting for fucking years and Pompeo the secretary of state yesterday said oh yeah we're getting ready for a second Trump administration so that is all about getting as much money from fucking stupid people as possible, right? So they're saying, uh, contribute to our fight for, um, you know, the the legal fight to make sure that this uh, election isn't taken away from us and stolen and that they're not counting illegal votes. Of course, you know, there is zero evidence for this. It's like utterly baseless. Fox News is being parodied to death this morning because Laura Ingram had this fucking ridiculous... I mean, it's just... It's not even worth spending time talking about it just because it's such a fantasy land. But the thing is that there's lots of people out there who are, you know, lost in their own lives who vote for Trump for whatever fucking reason. They're not all psychopaths, you know. He got 10 million more votes, which is, like, really fucking scary. And you can't just say, well, they're all, like, nutters, you know. They are... Most of them, I imagine, are just lost in their lives for whatever reason, okay? So, uh, you know, Trump thinks, right, let's get some money out of them because I'm obviously I'm out of here. Probably be going to jail if I skip jail. But, I mean, also jail for Trump isn't going to be like jail for anyone else, you know, because he's a connected guy. He might not be rich. He's definitely not fucking rich, but he is definitely connected. So he'll be, you know... I mean, there is no, these people like that. Unfortunately, he is the guy that walks between the raindrops. Going back to the original, well, do you remember that? That's a kind of deep cut for the loyal listeners, yeah, the JFK quote. So um, anyway, it's just a grift. So you, what you do is you go to their website, you contribute your fucking hard-earned money, you know, like slaughtering cattle or whatever the fuck his supporters do, you know, and... Um, <laughs> Nice stereotype there. And, you know, and so, oh, right, yeah, good, yeah. Oh, it's disgusting. It's fucking disgusting that the thoughts are being stolen. I'll fucking give them some fucking money. But in the small print, it's like, oh, well, we're going to just um, pay off our campaign debt with your money. So thanks very much. So it's a total fucking grift. Anyway, that's Trump. In the UK, you know, the power has always been with the people that have the money and the people that have the land, and nothing has changed. And Starmer asked about it at PMQs as well. It took him a bit of time to get around to it. You know, it's only been going on for ages. But he uses the revelations at the weekend as a bit of a jumping-off point. Here he is. We've all seen this weekend that the government can find £670,000 for PR consultants 
Uh, Mr Speaker, that's the tip of the iceberg. New research today shows that the government has spent at least £130 million of taxpayers' money on PR companies, and that's this year alone. Does the Prime Minister think that that's a reasonable use of taxpayers' money? Uh, Mr Speaker, I think he's referring to the Vaccines Task Force, and after days in which the uh, Labour Party has attacked the Vaccines Task Force, I think it might be in order for him to pay tribute uh, to them uh, for securing uh, 40 million doses. And by the way, the, 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 the expenditure to which he refers uh, was to help raise awareness of vaccines, to fight the anti-vaxxers, uh, Mr Speaker, and to persuade the people of this country, 300,000, to take part in trials without which we can't have vaccines. Mr. So I think you should take it back. Mr. Speaker, nobody's attacking individuals. Everybody's supporting the vaccine. £130 million, Prime Minister. There's a real question about the way that contracts are being awarded, about basic transparency and accountability. And I know the Prime Minister doesn't like that. This is not the Prime Minister's money, Mr. Speaker. It's taxpayers' money. So there we are. It's a bit of an open goal, really, for Starmer. And he, you know, he's on the right path, obviously criticising this. But you do want for him to go much further than that, you know. You really do want him to start untangling the webs of corruption right at the heart of government, yep. And naming names, for fuck's sake. You know, he is the leader of the opposition as an example. And it's fantastic that that PhD student is doing uh, what she's doing. But, you know, where's the bloody the leader of the opposition doing what the PhD student is doing whose name I've forgotten, have you noticed? Trump laid a wreath today in memory of the service members that died because it is uh, during wartime because it's Veterans Day in the States today and, um, you know, he didn't take any questions or whatever, but he's been doing quite interesting manoeuvres in the Pentagon, slightly, intro- well, very interesting and slightly worrying. And here's ABC's report on it. President Trump is purging the top ranks of the Pentagon after firing Defense Secretary Mark Esper, replacing officials with White House loyalists for this lame duck period of his presidency. Chief Global Affairs anchor Martha Raddatz has the latest. Good morning, Martha. Good morning, George. This has many inside and outside the Pentagon very concerned. These were all key people at the Pentagon. Their names are not familiar to most, but among those now out, the head of policy, the head of intelligence and security, and the chief of staff. And the men replacing them, controversial to say the least, including retired Brigadier General Anthony Tata, whose nomination this summer for the Pentagon policy job was withdrawn because of Islamophobic tweets and once calling President Obama a terrorist leader. Tata will now fill that policy position and filling the chief of staff job, Kash Patel, who played a leading role trying to discredit the investigation into the Trump campaign and Russia. So why make these changes now? There is worry that the president may be planning a military operation, possibly against Iran, or the use of active duty military troops to quell any civil unrest, something Secretary Esper publicly opposed in an interview with Military Times when his firing appeared imminent. Esper said whoever they put into his job would be a real yes man 
adding, and then God help us. So there we go. God help us. <laughs> Jesus Christ Almighty. Um, it's interesting. Like the, I don't think that they will use the, the military. Well, I don't think you, you might fucking ask, but the military are not going to turn against the people of the states. You know, the civil, the civilians, the civil civilians of the United States. It's deeply embedded in the military culture that you don't, you know, you're kind of not used as a kind of political arm to quell a fucking, you know, protest in the street or whatever. And um, do you remember the joint, the joint chiefs of staff was at that ridiculous um, photo opportunity at the church. Do you remember that? When was that? It was like during the Black Lives Matter uh, protests in Washington, whereby um, in Washington D.C., whereby Trump got all of the um, protesters kind of like cleared out the way with tear gas, and then he went over to the local church and you know fucking looked really awkward with the Bible in his hand, and then uh, but the Joint Chiefs of Staff was there with him, and he then afterwards apologised and said he shouldn't have been anywhere near that. Um, Iran, well, it's, you know, incredibly concerning, obviously, that the fucking guy that's just resigned from Defence Secretary says the next guy is going to be a yes man and God help us all. So we'll we'll see what happens with that. <laughs> it's slightly, slightly nerve, nervy. Um, you know, by and large, I think this transition thing, it's taken its time, isn't it? I mean, Christ almighty. Get your fucking shit together. Everyone's going, oh, no, the Republicans are, you know, they just need to um, be sensitive to Trump's emotions. Come on, for fuck's sake. Like, just tell the guy you're out of here, you fucker. Like, pack your fucking bag, you know. But, um, you know, there, there was that poll that came out a couple of days ago that everyone was worried about saying, oh, look, 70% of Republicans think that the election was unfair but really you know a couple of weeks ago we were worried about like a worst case scenario being um you know trump would say right all my psycho fans with their massive fucking guns get out on the streets so you know a poll coming out isn't really that bad and probably i don't know i can't work out there is no real kind of logic behind this pentagon thing and it clearly isn't great you know and if it was like you know the department of trade nobody would give a fuck but it isn't the department of trade it's the you know head of policy and <laughs> and the new uh, secretary of defense and a whole other you know few other people which have you know a lot of sway in um determining what the pentagon can do so it is quite worrying
There's lots of coronaviruses in lots of different animals and birds, and but there's a couple of coronavirus in humans. The researcher for the show says that there are there are seven human coronaviruses, and um, so well we've got to do it, haven't we? We've got to do it tonight. What we are going to think of is the humble mink. Thousands of them have been killed in um, Denmark uh, because they've caught coronavirus and they have strained it into the humans, the fucking humans. And, um, you know, so that's that's not good. Poor mink. So let's think of a mink, you know, like the animal, you know, not the bit of fucking... You know, not the animal's fur on somebody's glove, but the animal. Think of a lovely mink. Innocent, sweet, innocent mink. Lovely mink. One, two, three. Walk between the raindrops. Uh, Take care of yourself. Next show is Friday. Uh, I had my uh, flu jab the other day, and I feel a bit groggy, a bit under the weather. I mean, nothing really but just slightly kind of groggy and I think that's a quite a common thing um, you know because it has a slight effect on you the old vaccine but yeah vaccine vaccine is in the news isn't it the vaccine so you know hopefully that will uh, come good and I don't know I mean there's of course like you know it's a new vaccine but they're gonna have totally test it out and you know so uh, hopefully the take up will be will be massive and um right so next show friday we'll see what happens with trump whether that's kind of moves on uh you know who knows maybe he's fucking you know done a fucking nuclear war with iran by friday if he does that i'll probably do a special episode on thursday um thank you ever so much for listening oh i heard from an old friend of mine it's really lovely to hear from from you so thank you for listening it's brilliant to hear from you and um, and also another friend of mine, a friend of the show, Joanna. Do you remember Joanna in Scotland? Joanna! She was saying that a friend of hers... <laughs> she sounds just like that. She was saying that a friend of hers has just gone to Vietnam. And they're uh, self-isolating now. In Viet- oh, sorry, they're in quarantine. Two-week quarantine you know, put up by uh, the Vietnamese state, you know, so you don't need to kind of, like, it has to happen. They check on you, they bring you food, you have to fucking do it. But it isn't like Britain, where they say, all right, well, what address are you going to go in? All right, fuck off then. And, like, nobody checks, you know? Totally different. And that's why Vietnam is, like, totally on top of it. Today in the UK, talk about a race to the bottom. 
um, we passed 50,000 deaths using the criteria of, you know, you've had a positive test and you've died within 28 days. Uh, 50,000 deaths. There were 595 deaths today. Unbelievable. And using the criteria of having a um, coronavirus on your birth certificate. Fucking hell, I said it again. Your <laughs> on your death certificate. It's like the darkest thing ever, that, isn't it? Uh, on your death certificate, 65,000 people now in the UK. Unbelievable. 65,000 people have died of COVID-19. Now, of course, you know, in the, uh, in the peak, in, in, you know, April, March, April, May, you know, thousands of people were dying without having been tested, obviously, because they didn't have any, like nowhere near enough tests, you know? So that uh, explains the, um, the discrepancy there. And if you're interested in that, then, you know, we've got 180 odd episodes uh, to go back to if you really want to get into the bloody weeds with it. Right, anyway, next show is on uh, Friday, so take care. See you later. Bye.